Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, Luke chapter 1 this morning is where we're at. If you are new here or if you've been gone the last couple of weeks, we just started a brand new series. Uh, it's a study in the book of Luke, just the first three chapters, and we're studying out finding hope in darkness. I don't know about you, but sometimes I go through seasons of life that I call seasons of darkness. It's times when uh, things and situations just seem to be uh, piling on. And my dad used to say it this way, when it rains, it, anybody knows it? It pours. Yeah, when it rains, it pours. Sometimes in your life, do you ever feel that way? You ever feel like, man, when things, when things are looking bad, it seems like they go from bad to worse overnight. Man, we all have those times. We all have those seasons in life. And we have times when we feel as though uh, we're not as close to God. Some of us have times when, I worded, worded this way a couple of weeks ago, we have times when we feel that God is on the inside and we're on the outside locked out. We have times in life when we feel that we are just in the midst of darkness and we can't see any light. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a time like that? Oh, I'm not just talking emotionally or the heaviness of life physically. Have you ever been in a time in life when you could not see your hand in front of your face. When you're there, man, it is a scary situation. I don't know about you, but it's almost breathtaking when you can cut the darkness. Every year, every now and then, we take trips to Israel and take people over there, and uh, maybe you'll go with us. Next year, our next trip is um, uh, September of 2024. All right, there's my plug for that trip. So that's September 2024, but we just got back a few weeks ago. We were there, had a group of about... um, Oh, we had, we had a group of, uh, I think, 130 of us, and uh, the bus that I was leading, we had 40, 43 people or so, and I remember one of the times, of course, every time you go into a cave or a cavern, and you just start hiking down into it, this is like that, the Hezekiah tunnels that you go, it used to be a, a water system that you can now walk through, and you're about ankle deep, uh, knee deep, for some of you it would be waist, for others of you it might be up to your neck, but for me it's about my knees, you know, and, and I'll, we'll be walking through there, but here's something about Hezekiah's tunnel, is when you get down in there, it is pitch black. I mean, it is dark. It is cold. It is tight. Uh, for a tall person like me, it's about the only time in my life I wish I was under six feet. I actually would be thankful to be like five one to walk through those caverns and walk through that because I hit my head all the time. And we got ready to go on this. And of course, I've been through it before, but my boys were there. And I remember, I remember getting ready and we're, you know, you I tighten your backpack and, of course, had changed into some, some shorts and wearing water shoes and getting ready to go through this. And then it dawns on me, I don't have a flashlight. <laughs> like, I do not want to walk through this thing without a flashlight. And so I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, guys, I'm going to have to pull my, I'm going to have to use my phone. And I, I hope I don't drop it. Because if you drop it, like, say goodbye, just call the insurance and get your new phone mailed to you or whatever. And, and my son, Micah, 13, he goes, he goes, hey, Dad, I got a flashlight. And I'm thinking, sweet, man. He's like a camp guy. He got a mag light in his backpack or something. And he pulls out this rink-a-dink little keychain flashlight. 
You know the ones I'm talking about, it's like that big, and you shine it, and you're like, is it even on? The ones I'm talking about, it's like that big, and you shine it, and you're like, is it even on? Does it even work? And so we're outside of the entrance of this Hezekiah's tunnel, and I have here this flashlight, this little keychain flashlight, and I'm like, all right, well, I'll be able to see an inch in front of me. This will be great. This will be good. I'm going to hit my head. I'm going to die inside of this because I don't have a light. That's all going through, and of course, we get, we're outside of it, and I turn that light on. It doesn't, it, it works, but it's not the brightest. I'm like, all right, well, we'll figure it out. Well, I'm leading a group of 30 people. They're all like, all right, let's go. Where are we going, Dennis? And I'm like, some one guy had this headlight, and he had like lamps on his shoulders. And I'm like, how about you lead the group? You know, he's like, I've never been. I'm like, ah. So I finally, we get down in there. You know what I did? I took that little keychain flashlight. I hooked the keychain around my finger because I'm like, sure enough, I'm going to drop this thing. And we get down in there. I turn the light on. You know what that little keychain flashlight did? It actually brought a lot of light. (laughs) Why? Because it's so dark. And in the darkest of situations, the smallest light, the smallest light goes a really long way. That's the title of the passage, the message this morning is just this fact that a little light A little light often goes a really long way. And the principle, the thought I want to bring out this morning is to help you and I understand that as we go through our dark seasons of life, there are some simple decisions that we can make that will provide a little bit of light that goes a long way. Little things that God does, little decisions that we can make that will provide us light in our dark seasons. Oh, it's not gonna be a mag light. That's what I want. I want a spotlight, right? That I can see everything in front of me. But that's not how God works. You know what God does? Sometimes God just gives us enough light for the next step. In order to see that though, we have to go to Luke chapter one. I wanna give you, before we read the passage, just a little bit of the context. And we've already talked about this, those of you that have been with us. I don't wanna repeat myself, but for those that haven't been here, just so you can get on the same page, If you go to Luke chapter number one, the people of Israel, um, they, of course, they, right now we know in our time, they have a nation and all of that. The people of Israel at this time, they were under Roman oppression. They were under Roman rule. Uh, They did not have freedoms. They were not really able to have their own company or their own own country, their own government. They were really in in a state of oppression. They were, I would say, they were in a great deep season of darkness. They were in a economic darkness. They were in a political darkness. They were in a social darkness. Uh, The Bible even tells us they were in a spiritual darkness. The fact of the matter is there hadn't been a, a prophet that would get up and preach to them and say, hey, here's a message from God. Here's some hope from God. They had not had that for over 400 years. So here they are in their season of darkness. And what we find in Luke chapter number one, we've already been traveling through this, is God in their midst of darkness, God brings them some hope. How does he do that? Well, we meet some characters in the book of Luke. The first three that we've met so far is a priest whose name is Zechariah. He's married to Elizabeth. Zechariah is a Jew. He's a, he's a Hebrew. And Zechariah and Elizabeth, they have been praying for decades. They're older in years. They've been praying for decades for God to help their people. But then also they had been bringing before God a personal request. 
What was their personal request? Well, at that time, Elizabeth, she was barren. She didn't have kids. And in this day and age, that was kind of one of those things that if you didn't have kids, people looked down upon you in culture. And she hated that shame and hated that uh, personification that she had uh, in people's eyes. She did not appreciate that. And so they're in this place of praying, God, help our people. And then they're praying, God, help us. But they're feeling like God doesn't care. They're feeling like God didn't answer. But what we discover in their story is God coming to Zechariah and saying, Zechariah, I do hear you. I will answer you. I know what's going on. And Zechariah, I have a plan in all of this. And, and God used uh, the, an angel of God to speak hope into Zechariah's life. Well, we met a second or a third character. Last week, her name was Mary. You know the story. Even if you've never been in church, you've heard the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And God, through an angel, came to this young teenage girl who she too was oppressed and in this uh, Roman government. And she too, as a Jewish person, would have been thinking, God, where are you? And yet the Lord came to her and said, Mary, I'm going to do something very special in your life. Mary, you are going to give birth to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Mary, you are going to raise the Messiah, the promised one. And of course, she had some questions. God, how can this be? I've never been with a man, never had that relationship. And the angel says to her, hey, uh, you know, men think certain things are only possible certain ways. With God, everything is possible. There is nothing that is impossible with God. And we learned last week that God looks at our situation and he sees the possibilities you and I, we see only what we can see, but God is looking at the big picture and God sees in our, in our darkness, God sees what really is going on. This, day, this morning as we come, we're gonna come back into the life of these three, Zechariah, Mary, and Elizabeth. And what I want us to see today is just some little things, some little ways that God provided light in their darkness, some decisions that they made that brought light, a little, I'm, I'm gonna call it this way today, a little keychain flashlight of hope that God brought into their situation. We're gonna cover a lot of ground today, but we're gonna only start by just reading a few verses. Gonna kind of bounce around. And so I want you to take your Bible. Let's go to Luke chapter one and let's stand together. We're gonna read some verses, give you a minute to stretch, and we're gonna read some verses and then we will get right into the word of God today. Luke chapter one, beginning in verse number 39, it says this, and Mary, she arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah. And she entered into the house of Zechariah and saluted Elizabeth. Now, here's what we need to know. Mary and Elizabeth are cousins, okay? Elizabeth is a few generations ahead of Mary, probably one of the oldest cousins in the family, but their cousins, Mary's going to visit her cousin. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she spake out with a loud voice, saying, and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come unto me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy, and blessed... Uh, and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Skip down to verse 57. Mary's gone. Here's what took place in Elizabeth's life. 
Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered. She brought forth a son and her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her and they rejoiced with her. Skip down 10 verses to verse 67. Mary and Elizabeth and Zechariah just had a son. Here's what Zechariah does. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Verse 79. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. I know we jumped around. I know we kind of caught tidbits of the just little pieces and bits of the story. But what we're going to see today is we're going to find out that in their seasons of darkness, God allowed them to make some choices that brought hope. And in your season of darkness, there's a few simple choices that we can make that will help us find that light of hope, that little bit of light that will really go a long way. So we're going to talk about today. And so let's pray. Let's ask God to help us this morning. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I would ask you just in the quietness of the moment, would you pray? And would you ask God to speak to you today? Something simple of God, please speak into my life today. God, please speak into my life today. And then make a commitment. God, if you speak to me, I'm going to listen to you. Dear Lord, we just come before you. We thank you for the word of God. Thank you for its truth in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us today. I pray that you'd speak through me, that you'd speak into the hearts of all of these here. Lord, again, I don't know every need that's represented, but I know you do, and I know you can meet every need. So, Father, I pray that you'd speak into us. I pray that if there are those that are with us in person, maybe some online, that they don't know that heaven is where they would spend eternity, I pray that today would be the day they find the hope of Jesus. We love you, God. We pray that you bless our time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. So here's what we have. You have Mary, you have Elizabeth, you have Zechariah. All of them experiencing their own season of darkness, if you will. All of them experiencing a time when circumstances are not going the way that they perhaps wanted them to go, and circumstances are not going the way perhaps that they expected for the circumstances to go, and yet here they are. But what we're going to see today, again, is just some simple decisions that they made along the way that God used to provide light. And there are simple decisions that you and I can do along the way that God will use to provide light in our darkness. I see the first decision is this. In our times of darkness, one of the best things that you and I, one of the best things that you can do is this. Ask God, ask God to help you see the encouragement that he brings. Ask God to help you see the encouragement that he brings. Did you know that in your season of darkness and in my downtimes and my hardships and yours as well, that God often brings us encouragement that we never even realize. Okay, here's the story. Mary, she is expecting Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. I don't know if you were here last week and if you caught it, but let's imagine just for a minute to put ourselves in Mary's place. You're 15, 16, 17 years old. You're being told that you're going to have to raise the Messiah, the King of Kings, God's Son. All of that was told to her a few verses before what we read today. Can you imagine the pressure, the intense weight that is upon her? 
And so to maybe get away, she travels. She from Nazareth, north part of Galilee, she travels uh, down south. She wouldn't go through Samaria. She would go over uh, the, uh, the Jordan River just south of the Sea of Galilee, and she would head down. And then she'd come back over near the city of Jericho to Jerusalem. And then she travels to a small little village called En Karim or En Karim. And this place, it would be near Bethlehem. This is where her family would be from. This is where Zechariah and Elizabeth are at. And why would she go there? Well, I don't know about you, but on your dark seasons and your seasons of life that are kind of frustrating, when things don't seem to be going the way you had hoped, what do you want to do? Get out of town. Man, I just need a break, right? I don't care if it's just for an hour. I'm, you know, for, for me, I'm like, I just got to drive. I'm driving to Ephrata. Well, why Ephrata? It's just out of town. You know, it's not, maybe not be the best place to go, but I'm going there. You know, you just, I've just got to get away. Well, this, this is maybe Mary's idea. Those of you that live in Ephrata, you're like, Pastor, why do you do that? Don't come to Ephrata, man. <laughs> like, why do I come to church on Sunday in Moses Lake just to get away? Uh, the idea, she traveled. She's doing this little vacation. It's a little, little getaway, her and maybe her mom probably, and they travel, and they get down to uh, where Elizabeth and Zechariah live, and the Bible kind of insinuates that maybe Zechariah opened the door. There's a knock at the door, and there's, there's Mary and her mom, and, and the Bible tells us, we just read it a minute ago, that when Elizabeth hears the voice of Mary, Elizabeth says, comes to Mary and says, Mary, I heard, I, I heard you. That's New English. Mary, I heard you speak. As soon as I heard your voice, the baby leapt in my, leaped in my womb. Those of you moms that you've carried a child, you know those times when your child is like really active? It's like, I didn't have a cup of coffee. What are you doing? Years ago, Hannah and I, when we were expecting Dennis, a very, our first child, we were in California, and the church that we attended, the auditorium, you could probably fit about 15 of our auditoriums inside of that auditorium. The church sat about 6,000, 7,000 people. And we were there on one Sunday morning. Some of you are like, I don't like people. And you're like, I don't like 150 at church. Imagine 6,000. And we were there. We're sitting over in this section. And as we're sitting there, Hannah just grabbed my leg. And the pastor's preaching, and she goes, feel my stomach. And I'm like, all right. So I put my hand over on her stomach, and Dennis was in there, and he was, he was doing jumping jacks. He was going crazy. It was, it was, he was so active that after church, some friends of ours who were sitting across the auditorium, all the way, now, not like this where you can see. It's like, I think I know that person. Like, that's how far it was. They came over to her and they said, wow, Dennis was really active today. And they weren't talking about me. They were like, we could see him moving from that far away. We could see your stomach like bouncing. When I think of Elizabeth saying, the babe leaped in my womb. That's, I'm thinking about Dennis like doing jumping jacks in there. But literally the word leap in this passage, it means to jump with joy. That's what the word leap means. And so she's like, hey, as soon as Mary, Elizabeth says, Mary, as soon as you spoke, the, John, the baby in me just jumped with joy. And then Elizabeth, she says some things to Mary. She says, Mary, you're blessed. You're blessed because you're carrying the Messiah. Mary, you're blessed because you believe. 
Mary, you're blessed because God is going to do something great in you. Hey, Mary, and Elizabeth speaks words of encouragement into Mary's life. Do you know what that does for Mary? If you go to verse number 46, the Bible says that Mary then begins to speak. And she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And she begins to lift up praise to God. Do you know, so you say, Pastor, I, what, what are you trying to say about this? The fact of the matter is this, that God often brings people alongside us to encourage us in our dark seasons. I believe that God allowed Mary to go to Elizabeth's place and Elizabeth to encourage Mary and Mary to encourage Elizabeth. They're both in this place. Elizabeth is an older lady. She's gonna be raising her firstborn when her friends are raising their grandchildren. Mary, she's raising, gonna be raising Jesus, the King of Kings. And she's at this place, this weight of all these unanswered questions. And what do we find them doing? We find them both finding encouragement with each other. You know, in your life and in my life, during our seasons of fear and anxiety and darkness, I believe that God does the same thing for us. God will bring people into your life to encourage you. But you want to know what my problem is sometimes? I miss it. (laughs) I'm so focused on Dennis. I'm so focused on my situation. I'm so focused on my hardship and internally uh, looking that I, I miss the very people that God wants to use to encourage me. So how can I have a little flashlight of hope during my seasons of darkness? Hey, stop every now and then and just pray, God, help me to see the encouragement you're desiring to bring my way. God, help me to see the Marys and the Elizabeths that you're wanting to bring to speak into me. God, help me to see people that you bring to encourage me. Because the truth is, God will bring people to encourage you. And the second thought is this, God wants to use you to encourage people. Hey, did you know that? Did you know that God wants to use you to encourage people? The author of Hebrews, he said this, take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you, uh, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily. Well, it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The author says this, hey, be an encouragement to each other. Why? That way you don't go into unbelief. That way your heart isn't hardened. Because let's be honest, during our dark seasons, when it seems that God is distant, those are the times when the devil attacks, when the enemy knows. And you know what he does? He says, hey, your God doesn't care about you. The enemy says, hey, if God cared about you, then he would. Hey, if God cared about you, then why doesn't? And so you know what God does? God says, hey, there are people that I will build around you to help fight against that. So what do I do? I pray, God, help me to see the encouragement that you bring my way. The, Paul said, comfort yourselves. Hey, comfort yourselves together. Edify one another. The author of Hebrews in chapter number 10 said, this is one of the reasons of church. I love church. Why? So that you can exhort one another. As the manner of some is, the Bible says right there, exhorting one another and so much the more as you see day, the day approaching. Hey, in your seasons of darkness, you want a little flashlight of hope? You want a little flashlight that will help you along the way? Ask God to help you see the encouragement of people. Number two, number two, stay committed to what you know from God. Stay committed to what you already know to be true from God. I'm not going to... Um, go through all of the verses this morning, but if you went down to verse number 57, down through verse number um, 66, what you would read is Elizabeth, she has this baby. The Bible says that her time has come to be delivered, and the story tells us that Elizabeth, at the eighth day, they would take the baby, they would circumcise the baby, and then they would name the baby. 
Now, here's what took place in their story. They're there before the priest. They're there with the, the doctor getting the baby circumcised. And so now they're going to decide a name. And all the friends jump in. And they're like, oh, the, you know, someone says, what's his name? And all the friends are like, oh, it's Zechariah. It's Zechariah, right? Name your kid after the dad. I think that's a good idea. I'm just saying. It's kind of in our family. I think it's good. Uh, those of you about to have a baby, Dennis, Denise, they're both great names. That's, that's all I'm saying. But that's what the ladies are there saying. All right, name him Zechariah. And Elizabeth, she goes, she's kind of there. She just delivered a baby seven, eight days before this. And she's probably a little frustrated. She's like, no, his name's John. And everybody's like, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's suffering from something. Why? And they they say to her, and you can go read the passage, verse 57 to 66. They say, there's no one in your family with that name. What are you thinking? Like, you gotta keep the family thing alive. And she says, no, his name's John. And they're like, okay, let's go to Zechariah. That's all, that's what the friends are thinking because no doubt he will want to name the baby Zechariah. So they go to Zechariah. Now, here's what's going on in Zechariah's life. A few months before when God had told him through the angel that they were gonna have a child, Zechariah didn't believe God. And so God said through the angel, as a sign of you not believing, as a sign that I am telling the truth, Zechariah, you will not speak until after the baby's born. So Zechariah has not been speaking for about 10 months. Let me ask you, like if you hadn't spoke for about 10 months, what do you want to say? You know, like what are the first words out of your mouth? Is it like, honey, six months ago, you made chicken. I didn't want chicken. Is it, you didn't win those arguments. I just couldn't argue back. You know, I don't know. What do you want to say? Well, they come to John, they come to Zechariah and they're like, all right, Zechariah, what should you name him? And Zechariah is, you know, like, like, give me something to write on. So he's just motioning. That's what the Bible says. He motions, give me something to write on. They give him something and he writes, his name is John. And the Bible says, you can go look at it in verse number uh, 64, 65, and 66, that the people marveled. The people marveled all. It says, and his mouth was opened immediately. You see it at the bottom there? They marveled at this. What were they marveling at? They were marveling that his tongue was loosed. And as soon as his tongue was loosed, you know what he began to do? He began to speak and to praise God. And it says that fear came upon all of those that dwelt round about them. And these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. Now, here's what happens. When that happened, when Elizabeth and Zechariah said, name him John, man, God blessed. Here's the point I wanna make. They stayed committed to what God had already told them, no matter what people around them were doing. They stay committed. They stayed committed to what God had told them, no matter what the people around them had do, were doing. I want to give you a, a thought here. Skip through all this. It says, Zachariah and Elizabeth were committed to following the Lord and what he had asked, regardless of what was going on around them. Now you say, well, where do we see that? Because when God first came to Zechariah, he said, you're going to name the baby John because he's going to be called John the baptizer because he is going to be one that goes before the Messiah. And there's a whole lot more there that we're not going to get into this morning. But just understand that what they were doing is they were staying committed to God, regardless of what people were telling them to do. 
in your season of darkness, in your times of heaviness, it's good to find encouragement from people and it's good to find help from people, but I should always still let God be the loudest voice into my life and I should stay committed to him no matter what. Do you know what happens in our times of darkness and our seasons of doubt? We get discouraged. And in those seasons when we get discouraged, we begin to step away from what we know to be true. And here's a little flashlight of hope for you in darkness. When you stay committed to what you already know to be true from God, God says, I'll bless that. Oh, things may not turn out the way you think. We talked about that a few weeks ago. The answer may not be what you want it to be, but the fact is that when you and I stay committed to God, God always blesses that. The, proverb, the author of Proverbs said it this way, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy way acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That phrase, in all thy ways acknowledge him, it means in all thy way, take knowledge of him. Take his knowledge and apply it and he will direct your path. This, the, uh, the proverb is simply this, that when you and I stay committed, when we trust the Lord, God gives direction. I've used the illustration before and said this before, but if I were to drive at night from now to Seattle, I'm not going to see from my car all the way to Seattle. I'm not. My headlights, they are only going to go 100 feet, 300 feet, 400, whatever in front of me. That's how far my headlights are going to go. Now, you know what? Some of us want in seasons of life and our trials, we want to see the final outcome. God, why are you allowing this? God, why am I going through this? Whether it's financial, relational, death in the family, uh, hurt, something, I don't know, whatever your trial is. I mean, it may be a huge one. It may be a, a minuscule or a small one, but it's huge to you. The truth is that when we go through our trials, we want to see, I want to see Seattle, God. I want to see the destination. I want to know what, what's the purpose in this. And you know what God does? God says, no, 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 no. I'm going to provide light for today. I'm gonna provide light for the path in front of you. And often God does that as we stay committed to what we know already from God. So during your seasons of darkness, stay committed to following the Lord. Number three, what can I do to bring some hope into my life in my seasons of darkness? Number three is this, continue to praise God. Continue to praise God. I wanna read the verses. I want you to do it quickly with me, but verse number 46 down through 55, Mary says this, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God, my savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed for he that is mighty hath done great things and holy is his name. His mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He's filled the hungry with good things and the rich he's sent empty away. He's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. She goes on this, this is Mary speaking. She goes into this big song and she begins to quote from some places in scripture, but it all starts with her saying this, my soul doth magnify the Lord. She's saying basically everything that is within me is going to praise God. Later, you find Zechariah doing the same thing. 
After John, his son, is born, Elizabeth has delivered the baby. The Bible says that John spoke, or Zechariah spoke, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. And then Zechariah begins to speak of the promises from the word of God that have been answered. But notice what he says in verse number um, 79, the last part on the screen. He says, To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. As Zechariah starts, he starts with verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God. Why? For or because he visited and redeemed his people. What do I see in these passages? What I see is Mary and Zechariah in their season of darkness. Remember, they both have a few answers from God, but they don't know what they're dealing with. We, history is always 2020. Hindsight is 2020, right? They weren't looking back. They were looking forward. They didn't know everything that it meant for John. They didn't, Zechariah didn't know that a few 30, 33, 35 years later that his son would be beheaded. Mary didn't know that her son would go to the cross for the sins of the people. She didn't know everything that was there. And yet what we find is even in their darkness, even in a season where their questions are unanswered, they're still praising God. We have so many examples for us throughout scripture of people in their heavy seasons that call upon their heart to magnify God. And here's what I want to tell you this morning. In your heavy seasons, encourage your own heart to glorify God. But let's be honest, that's hard sometimes. You know why we get so focused on the negative? I get so focused on what God isn't doing that I forget to see what God is doing. And you look in scripture, there are so many places in scripture where people were going through hard times and glorifying God. I think about Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they're in jail for preaching Christ. And the Bible says at midnight, they weren't complaining. At midnight, they just sang praises to God. Everyone heard them and began to ask questions. I think about Job chapter one and verse number 21. Job has lost everything in his life. And yet here's what Job said. The Lord gives and the Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all of this, Job sin not, sin not, nor charge God foolishly. Actually, the song that the lady sang just a minute ago, I will praise you in the storm. The content of that song is taken because of this verse speaking into the life of somebody who was going through hardship that understood this. God, even in the bad times, I still have a lot of reasons to praise you. You know, the scripture says that a merry heart does good like a medicine. You know, sometimes it would be good for us. This is for Dennis too. Sometimes it would be good for us in our hard seasons to just keep praising God. Hey, just keep looking at the praises. Just keep looking at ways that God is answering. Just keep looking at the blessings that God has placed in your life. And in dark times, the truth is we do have reasons to praise God. But lastly, this morning, I want us to see that in our dark seasons, one of the best ways to help provide light in the darkness is to find help in the scripture. <clears throat> in Mary's song that she sings, the verses we just read from Luke 1, 46 to 55, and then in Zechariah's words that he spake, spoke in, uh, in verse uh, 67 to 79, both of them are packed full of scripture. Mary, in her hard season, she quotes from 1 Samuel as well as Psalm 34. Zechariah quotes from a number of places and references God. 
dozens of times. Zechariah specifically, you know what he does? He says, I look back and I see all the promises that God has made. And here's what Zechariah, the conclusion he came to. Even though I haven't seen God answer all of those, I know God will. Okay, here's my question. How was Mary and Zechariah, how were they able to quote scripture in their time of desperation? Now, you and I, we think, oh, they pulled out their phone. You know, Mary was like, I've got an app for that, you know, and she starts pulling it out. Zechariah just went up to his bookshelf and grabbed his. No, they couldn't do that. Do you know the reason? Don't miss this. You want to know the reason they were able to find encouragement in Scripture and praise God through the verses that they had that they had in their life? It's because they didn't wait for the dark seasons of life to put Scripture in. Mary and Zechariah are both quoting from Scripture and seeing the help of God. And here's the conclusion that Zechariah says, and pay attention to it. Luke chapter 1, verse 79. Zechariah says, all of this is taking place because God is going to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Here's what Zechariah did, and I wish we had time to do this. He went to scripture and he said, God, here's what I know from your word. You promised some things. And God, you promised those things, and now we're beginning to see some answers. But God, here's what I know you are doing. You're providing light in the midst of darkness. You're providing hope. You're providing a guide to help us along the way. You know, Zechariah and Mary and Elizabeth knew, they knew that they could find hope from the word of God. Hey, don't wait for dark seasons to come before you choose to put his word into your life. For some of you, you're in a, uh, let's be honest, there are some here, you are in a dark season. You're thinking, man, I've been through this, been through this loss, this struggle, this financial, whatever it is. Hey, keep God's word coming into your life. Ask God to help you find the encouragement from people. Ask God to help you to stay committed. But there's others here that you're like, you know what, pastor? I'm not in a dark season. Hey, don't wait for the dark seasons to praise God. Don't wait for the dark seasons to put scripture in. Don't wait for the dark seasons to find encouragement or be encouragement. Hey, start now. Why? Because the dark seasons and the heavy, heavy times of life, do you know, I, I, this is gonna be some really bad downer news. I'm sorry to do this. It's part of life. Struggles happen. Situations that we don't plan come. I don't want to be scrambling when those times come to find hope. You know what I want to do? I want to be able to step back and say, God, you've already given me hope through your word and through praise and through the encouragement of others and through the faithfulness of others. One month ago, as my sons and I were going down and ascending into Hezekiah's tunnel. My boys were looking at this shot right here and they had no idea what to expect. I knew a little bit, but as we got down in there, you want to know the very first thing I did when we got right into the tunnel? I turned on a little flashlight. I turned on a little flashlight and I didn't take this picture, but you know what I found out about that little flashlight? I found this out, a little bitty light goes a really long way. Hey, God might place the little light of somebody in your life to encourage you. It'll go a long way. 
God might place you in a place where you're challenged in your commitment and your faithfulness. Hey, stay committed. It's gonna go a long way. God might produce a situation where you just have to choose to praise him no matter what. That little light's gonna go a long way. His word and ministering to and impacting your life, it's going to go a long way. So here's the thought. The light provides a much desired comfort in times of darkness. His light will always go a long way. So this morning, I wanna encourage you in this. Two things. If you're here today and you know that you've received Christ in your life, I wanna challenge you, whether you're in darkness, a season of heaviness or not, choose to praise him. Choose to invest his word into your life. Choose to look for the encouragement of people and choose to stay committed. God will use those decisions to bring light to your darkness.